Holy Spirit leading this way. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 6. Well, verse 5 says, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. How many have a dream of the blessings of God? How many have a dream of changing your lifestyle and the way you've been living? How many have a dream? And it says, And God said, Ask what I will give you. And how many times, so many times when we have a dream, we ask for the dream. But this is what Solomon did. And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and in an uprightness of heart with you. You have... Con- You have continued this great kindness for him and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this days. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart. To judge your people, that I may discern. Somebody say discern. Discern. Somebody say understanding. Understanding. Remember, I've been sharing with you those seven words that turn into a seven-ply perfect, complete cord that cannot be broken. Understanding heart and may discern between good and evil. That's one of our definitions. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? And the speech, the prayer, pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for these things. And God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself or riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your word. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall there arise any after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked both riches and honor, so that there shall, so there shall not be anyone like you among the kings of all your days. So if you, walk in my, if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, and I will lengthen your days, then Solomon awoke. Say that, Solomon awoke. Solomon. Church, walking in wisdom and understanding and discernment, making right choices, Doing things that end up being successful and a blessing to your life. Listen, it doesn't have to be a dream. It can be a reality. And because he spoke this in a dream, but yet it was his heart speaking out. If it's our heart that we cry out as we've been studying, we cry out for wisdom and judgment and understanding and discernment. If we seek the wisdom of God, it doesn't have to be a dream that one day maybe I will be like this or one day I shall get this or do this or attain this or live in peace or have a long life. But we can wake out of the area of just hoping it will happen and live in that lifestyle. And that's what we want to study tonight. Say with me, I receive it. And then look back at verse 10. It says, it pleased the Lord that he said this. And he says, I'll give you what you haven't asked for. The long life. Say long life. life. How many know we've been studying that in Proverbs? Long life and uh, riches and uh, a life, not the life of the enemies, but you've asked for understanding and discernment. And everything that he asked for, God gave it to him. And say, I receive that also. You know, I want to have that heart that, you know, it's, it's not the things, it's, it's, it's not why, like we shared before, it's not wanting life, it's valuing life. 
It's not wanting riches, it's valuing what we have and, and everything that God has given us. And God is just wanting to bring us to a new level of maturity. Now look with me in chapter 8 of 1 Kings. Chapter 8, verse 14. It says, Then the king turned around to the entire community. Say that with me, entire community of Israel, standing before him and gave this blessing. Let let me just, this is what I want to say right here. Solomon had the dream. He had the desire. He cried out for wisdom. He cried out for knowledge and justice and discernment and judging. But then what happened? Solomon had enough wisdom to understand because he asked for these things, not just for him, but he says, I want to walk and go in and out before the people. And then right here, he says, what God has given me, I want to bless you with it. Because you see, this is Solomon, and this is what we're not seeing in our government yet. Right now, the government you see all the time, you see his plan, his cabinet, his this, his that. Solomon, he was humble enough to say, Israel's not going to be a great nation because of the wisdom God's given me. Israel's going to be a great nation because of the wisdom God is giving us. We are going to build a great nation through the wisdom, the judging, the understanding of God. He said, God, I asked the Lord for this, but I also know that without you knowing it, it's your, it's your desire too. So what I'm going to do, I want you to stand up. You know, I'm not talking to you. I'm just saying what Solomon was saying that day. I'm just going to bless y'all because what God has given me, I may be king, but we're in this together and we're one. So I'm going to bless you with what God has blessed me with. And he blessed the people with wisdom and understanding and knowledge because Solomon knew that wisdom is in the multitude of counselors or those who walk in wisdom and counsel and knowledge and understanding. Solomon knew that if we're going to build a big nation, it's not going to be Solomon's plan. It's going to be God's plan that his people are praying and together for. And that's what we have to pray for this government. This, our president, vice president, the Senate and Congress. We got to pray that God surrounds them with godly people and that the fear of God once again come upon our nation. And no matter what has been decreed out of the mouth of man, we believe the decrees of God. And I read in the book of Job that it's not what the president decrees, but it's what we, the redeemed decree, that you shall decree thing and it shall be done unto you. So I declare that wisdom is rising up in the heart of God's people to say we desire to see this nation back on track, walking in wisdom, knowledge and understanding but it's not going to be the wisdom of just the leadership. We the people have to walk in wisdom. We have to walk in understanding discernment. When they say right now is the best time to go by well don't go by because they're saying it's the best time to buy. We all have to walk in wisdom. Amen. Getting in more debt is not going to build the economy. Fear of God and walking in wisdom is what will establish this nation. And that's what we have to pray for. And that's what Solomon was doing. He was blessing the people. Amen? Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 31. That's something else that we've been sharing. I just want to bring it home here as I was studying this. In Proverbs chapter 31, we've been talking about the teacher and the student. A few weeks ago. And I want you to see in Proverbs 31, when it talks about wisdom being a virtuous woman, a virtuous wife, you know, wisdom is always talked about as she or her in the feminine form. Uh, And I want you to see here that in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10, 
It says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Can I hear an amen? How many of you believe that, man? Amen. Amen. But listen, what it's talking about here is that it's to inspire us to rise up and that wisdom is before us. And then it goes on to say, her children, say children. children. Her children call her blessed. They rise up and call her blessed. If you're taking notes, her children, wisdom's children, are the students. And the next time you read about the virtuous woman, it's talking about the virtuous woman. But I want you to read it in the context next time as this woman, Proverbs 31, is the woman wisdom. And that the children are the students. And you're the students. And her students, the students of wisdom is rising up, calling her wise. And I, but I want you to see something here in verse 20. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor. Now I found out something very interesting there. The poor are just not a poor naturally. It's a symbol. The poor are the ones who are without wisdom. Wisdom is building up her students to help those who have not received wisdom, understanding, discernment, and judgment. Solomon was saying, I don't want to be selfish to receive wisdom for myself because what good will that do the people? But if we could get wisdom and knowledge and understanding within our hearts so that we can understand we have a heart not just for ourselves, we have a heart for those who may not be enjoying life or valuing knowledge or valuing information, but we can be a wellspring of knowledge and understanding to better just sow wisdom and knowledge into their lives. Now look with me in Genesis chapter 6. I want to give you an image of the poor. I want to give you an image of the poor, the spiritual poor. The one the Bible calls fools or the foolish. Genesis chapter 6. The poor are those who need your wisdom. Say, the wisdom God has given me. The knowledge God has given me. You know, you can, you can receive wisdom and knowledge from a child. A lot of my messages come from listening to one of my boys. And they may not be the most spiritual at times, and they are not always in the spirit when I'm listening to them. And I'm not always in the spirit when I'm listening to them either. But listening to them makes me get in the spirit. Lord! But you know what? I listen. And I hear things. And I'm saying, okay, now Father, what I'm hearing my child say, There's a lot of others who are saying, looking for, and desiring the same thing. I don't want to be so locked up in my world. And that, oh Lord, make me, help me, give me. But Lord, there are the poor out there who are suffering and needy. And I have to hear, hear these small voices. So I can hear all those voices out there. To be in touch with the poor. Her heart is for the poor. Wisdom heart is for the poor. Wisdom says, I've given you the best, but you can choose the worst. But I still want to, I am still calling out from the best to the worst. From the rich to the poor. And I want you to see the poor here in in, in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intention 
of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But look at verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of God. What is missing here? The wisdom of God. What was missing in the days of Noah? Discernment. Understanding. Judgment. The Lord brought me to this. These are the poor who are going to die, who are going to die in their sins, who are going to die in their foolishness. These are all the most to God. This Now you've got to remember, all these people, including Solomon, because we're going to look at Solomon here in a few minutes, they were all unredeemed. They could only grab on to the law and to the natural gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But thank God, you and I can grab hold of the cross and we grab hold of the name and the blood of Jesus. We not only have access to this wisdom, but praise God, we are redeemed men and women of the Most High God. Hallelujah. We're redeemed. We're not only counting on the gifts. We're counting, hallelujah, that we are a redeemed man and woman. And though we fall, we will get up yet again. Hallelujah. Amen. But these, and look, look at verse 11. It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And the earth was filled with violence. These are the poor. Look at all the violence. What are we going to do about the violence? Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Of course, the gospel, the story of Christ. But also, a lot of, there's a lot of good saved people who are not living the fruits of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And so he's saying... Wisdom is saying in chapter 31, it's not just wisdom for ourselves, but it's wisdom for the poor. It's for those who are perishing. Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. And so we we have to pray. We're not coming on Wednesday nights. Lord, we're not here just for wisdom for me. Lord, I am coming and I'm crying out for wisdom for the poor. I'm crying out for wisdom for the destitute. I'm crying out for wisdom for the victims. I'm crying out for the wisdom and knowledge and understanding for the the marriages and the homes and and children and parents and for those who are distressed. Lord, we're coming to gather knowledge that we can be channels for your wisdom and knowledge to be able to impact and touch the lives of others. Lord, that's why we pray. We come on Wednesday nights and you've been sacrificed. You're coming on Wednesday nights because there are people who match Genesis chapter 6 that, that thank God we're covered with the blood of Jesus and the hand of God has been extended a little bit more in an area of wrath and judgment on America. We still have the freedom to worship. We still have the freedom to praise God. And we don't, but we don't know how long, much longer that will last, but we have today to praise Him and grow in the areas of wisdom and knowledge and to be like Job, to walk in the favor of God and to be a candidate, to be able to Speak a word to in season to him or her that is weary. Amen. Amen. So we see here about the wisdom of God. And Solomon did well for a while. Then he gave in to his will and his choices that he paid for it. Proverbs says we need discernment and inspiration and passion. It cries out from the worst to the best. Now I want to show you something. We're, we're not far from there. Go with me. Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17. There's, you know, there's Solomon. He had a good heart. He had a good beginning. And we know many people. I mean, we're all old enough in here that we know people who started off good. We know people who have done well. And then something's happened. And 
I want you to, we want to learn not only from Solomon's wisdom, but from Solomon's life. Because I'm going to share something with you in just a moment. I want you to see where I'm going here. In uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, look at verse 14. God wrote this and Solomon was given this to read. And listen to the word of the Lord. It says, when you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you and possess it and dwell in it and say, listen, God is prophesying here. I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around. You see, God knew that one day Israel was going to cry out for a king. That They didn't want God to rule over them. They wanted a man. So he's writing this already. Verse 15 says, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. One from among your brethren you shall set as king over you, and you will not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. But he shall not, but he shall not, he shall not multiply horses for himself. Now why do you think God is prophesying here about when you set up a king and one of the first things he touches, don't multiply horses for yourself. Nor cause the people to return to Egypt. Then he mentions, you're forbidden to go back from where I've redeemed you from. To multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. Neither shall you multiply wives for himself. Don't go back where you came from. Don't multiply horses. This is something God put horses before women. Not me. King James. Anyway, you shall neither multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. Nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. Also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write for himself, not have it written, but write for himself a copy of the law in a book and from the one before the priest and the Levites, and it shall be with him, and he shall read it in all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, and be careful to observe all the words of this laws of these statutes, that his heart, that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandments to the right hand or to the left, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. God is God wrote out and told Solomon, write out the, the key and the secret to your success. Write it out and read it every day of your life. Don't let one day go. If you have to write it over and over again, but keep this right here, what I've just said, keep it before you. First Kings 11. First Kings 11. Look, 1 Kings 9. Let's go to 1 Kings 9. Because the Lord spoke three chapters before Solomon messed up. I don't know how many years that was, but it was a few cha- It was about two or three chapters. 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 6. 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 6. God is coming to Solomon to try to reach out to him before he messes up. It says in 1 Kings 9, 6. But if you are your sons at all at all turn from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes what I've set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. 
Then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them and this house which I have consecrated from name and I will cast out of my sight. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among all people. And as far as this house which is exalted, everyone who passes by will be astonished and will hiss and say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and to this house? Then they will answer, because they forsook the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and have embraced other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, the Lord has brought all this calamity upon them. God was saying, Solomon, son, listen to me. Solomon, listen to me. Chapter 11, please. Deuteronomy was written 100 years before Solomon was king. It was instructed to read every day and to be careful. God spoke just a few years before. Solomon, I'm I'm calling you, son. And I want you to see in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1. But, how many know there's a, how many know your butt can get in the way? (laughs) But King Solomon, but King Solomon loved many foreign women. And of all, the daughter of who? Who was Pharaoh? Egypt. 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 Do not love any foreign women. I see some men shaking their heads, yeah. Women of the Moabites and Amorites, and it names all the ites. That's why I married a Fontenot. <laughs> I'm scared of the women that ain't with ites. <laughs> Verse 2. <laughs> from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Deuteronomy comes to pass right here. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. But Solomon clung to these women in love. And he had 700 wives. <laughs> Princesses. And 300 cucumber vines. <laughs> and his wives turned away. What does it say? And his wives turned away his heart. There it is in Deuteronomy. He was supposed to have a copy that he had written by him. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord, to his God, as it was the heart of King David. Now, we want... There's so much to go through here. But it says he, he married foreign wives and burned incense and sacrificed to gods. And if you go through study, you know what you'd find out? You, you know how he got some of these wives? You know how he got some of these foreign wives? Covenants to get foreign horses. He had the most awesome stables and the most awesome horses. But to get some of those horses, he had to get some, he had to make covenants with certain princesses and kings with their daughters. He wanted the horses. He wanted the wives. 
And if you read Proverbs, if you read especially Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, he had a thousand women and he was never happy. He was always looking for that one. And that one was wisdom. He that finds virtuous wisdom will enjoy long life. And he was given all this. Wisdom is to help you pass through all the traps, but they turned his heart and he was filled. And do you know, because of this, Israel ended up being filled with the enemies. Now, now let me, let me share this with you. Write this down if you're taking notes. Having wisdom is thinking like God. Write this down. Having wisdom is thinking like God. Having wisdom is thinking like God. Being wise is behaving like God. Having wisdom is thinking like God. Being wise is behaving like God. Having wisdom and not being wise is considered a foolish, wise man. Having wisdom is thinking like God. Being wise is behaving like God. He didn't behave like God. And the wisest man turned into the biggest fool. And if we would only read and take heed and study the word as Solomon was told to do, it would save our lives and it would help us. Now, let me give you these words as we just go through this quickly. I just have a few more minutes. And the way I was doing it, it was all confusing. And I'll apologize. I'm praying for wisdom on how how to teach some of this stuff. But let me give you these words quickly. The first one, of course, was prudence. The first one out of the seven words we found that speaks of wisdom is the word prudence. Proverbs 22, 3, I've shared these with you before they're on tape. A prudent person foresees danger, foresees the danger and takes precautions. But the foolish goes blindly and suffers the consequences. Prudence, the sense of foreseeing challenges and making correct preparation. Say that, correct preparation. Prudence is thoughtful, critical capacity to make wide decision. It weighs the consequences before acting. It safeguards from being led astray from attractive persuasions. And uh, all this has already been taught, so I just want to go over this, but I want to give it to you to where you can have it all. Number two, discretion. We read it. I'll just give you Proverbs 1.4, Proverbs 8.12. It's also on the tapes, on the Internet, or, or on the CDs if you want. The second word for wisdom is discretion, the ability to form plans, or the capacity to determine guilt or innocence, carefulness, caution, tactfulness, diplomacy, sensitivity, inclinations. It's to be considered the actions and hold responsible decisions. It also means penetrating analysis. Not making quick decisions. Not moving out of emotions or, or, as we read in Proverbs, hormones or hurts or pains. But making wise analysis of what it could end up costing you like it cost David. Number three, guidance. You can read about this in Proverbs 1.5. Number three is the word guidance. We studied on this a little bit. Count, it means counsel, direction, advice instruction, and enlightenment. Counsel, direction, advice, instruction, and alignment. That's the word that speaks of getting the cords 
and put them together so they become a strong cord. And it talks about strategies and building blocks and perimeters. It talks about guidance and direction. There was a story about this uh, man who considered himself wise came up to a, a pastor one day and said, you know, I think you put too much restrictions on the young people. I think you just need a kind of like Dr. Spock's philosophy. Just let your children just blossom and bloom. Don't whip them. Don't correct them. Just let them be who they want to be. Do what they want to do and see what, and see what they'll turn out to be. And he says, but the word says, I don't care what the word says. I just think you ought to just let your kids just develop and be who they are. Don't worry about giving them discretion. He used that word discretion or direction. So the wise pastor took this man out, said, come see my garden, took him out back. And the garden was nothing but weeds. And the guy says, what type of garden is this? He said, I just wanted to let anything and everything grow at his own discretion to see what ends up developing. If you just let the weeds grow, you'll have a garden of weeds. Wisdom, direction, instruction, and counsel. Amen. Uh, well, I don't have time to tell all these other stories. But anyway, I, I knew you'd like that, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Number four. So, let me give you the sound judgment. Sound judgment. You can find it in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7. Also, 321 and 814. Did I give you that last week? I gave you that. Okay, so I won't spend much time. You can get it later. It means effectiveness in getting results. How many wants results? Let me just share. I say in the name of Jesus, before you're ready to quit and give up, pray to be effective and have sound judgment. In the name of Jesus, before you're ready to quit and, and, and just give up, pray for sound judgment in the name of Jesus. And then later on, read Isaiah 11, 2 through 5. Um, number five, let me give you the fifth here. Wise dealing. Wise dealing. Um, and I won't even worry about giving it in, in, in the Hebrew. Uh, you can look up Proverbs chapter 1, verse 3. And if you have the New English Standard, read in the New English Standard. Uh, wise dealing. I think I might have taught this one too. Did I teach number 5? No, number 5 was new, huh? Mm, okay. I stopped at sound judgment. Okay, well, I'm going to give you these tonight though, so we can go on to other things. But wise dealing. Uh, good sense of what is right, just, and fair. It means to have insight that will give intelligent actions. You can read about it in 1 Samuel 25, verse 3. It talks about, uh, what was David's first wife's name? Uh, Abigail. And it talked about how she was... Michael? No, uh, uh, Abigail. Abigail. Uh, and uh, Michael was the first one given to him by Saul, but the one that he took from the guy after he killed him. Uh, <laughs> well, you can make some good movies off of David, huh? Huh? Killed the guy, took his wife. Who was that? <laughs> anyway, uh, she was known for having sound judgment. And she was an awesome woman. Anyway, uh, uh, you can, uh, you're better though, baby. Anyway, uh, you can read about her. And uh, Wise Dealing talks about uh, 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 that. Anyway, read that. <laughs> we'll go on. Let me, uh, let me share this with you. The, it, it talks about the intention of putting something right. What do I need to do, Pastor. It's all wrong. Put it right. What do we have to do to get it right? What do I have to do to get it right? See, that's dealing with something. That's sound judgment right there. What do I have to do to get it right? My wife, my, my, my wife, oh boy. My life is a mess. My finances is a mess. 
<laughs> Let's go to number five, six. My, my, my life, Daryl, behave, Daryl. My life is a mess. You know what? You know what sound judgment says? Get your act together. My finances are a mess. Get your act together. My credit cards are out of control. Well, don't use them no more. Yeah, but how about Black Sunday? How, um, uh, Saturday? How about when there's no more taxes? To, you don't have to pay taxes all day. I got to go shopping. Get your act together. Just because there's no taxes, don't go use your credit card. Amen. An agreement to enter into two parties for the same benefit speaks of treatment and consideration. Number six. Number six, discernment. That word discernment is very interesting. It means competence and understanding. You can read about it in Proverbs 2, 3. Uh, this, is what, this is one of the words Solomon asked for that we read in 1 Kings 3. It's discernment, competence, and understanding. It's used 18 times. When you call, I will come to you. Now, this is interesting as I get close to end here. Remember I told you in Proverbs 31, the word for mother means wisdom? Well, the word discernment means mother. Right here. It's the Hebrew word for mother. If you call understanding your mother. And you say, why that? This is what they give in the Hebrew. It's called the mother for those who study it. Just as a mother provides the best of everything for her children, discernment, competence provides the best for her children. That's why it talks about mother there. It goes on to say, give forth your voice or pray for her. David said, unveil my eyes to perceive wonders from mother or that connection to wisdom. Another reason it's used, their sermon is used. Listen to this. This is important. This may give you a key to something. Another reason why discernment is used with the word mother, because it speaks of what you receive, being able to give birth to something else. And then be able to give birth to something else and to be able to continue giving births. One area of discernment has a possibility of growing into more and deeper revelation. One revelation. Well, I received a revelation. Hey, baby, that revelation is just an introduction to some more revelation coming down. So everything you receive is fertile. Every seed that you receive is fertile. Every discernment, instruction, knowledge, and understanding. That's why we'll never get to the end of the wisdom of God. So discernment has the fertility to continue producing and producing and, and, and producing. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and you can read all about this, especially in Proverbs chapter 2, almost uh, probably about 8 to 10 verses there speaks of discernment that God is speaking using, using that uh, to help us along there. And then number 7 is used seven times and it's the word for knowledge. It's the word for knowledge, which is the ability to succeed in everyday life. You can find it in Proverbs 9, 12 and 3, 5 and 7. For example, Proverbs 9, verse 12 and Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 7 is to succeed in everyday life. It's to occupy. It's reasoning and skill. You know what's interesting about this word? It's something that should just be there as we live our lives. It's not something that uh, we have to seek for. or uh, it, It's more or less common sense. That when the thing arises, I don't have to go to the prophet. Or I don't have to call the pastor. 
all the time. I don't have to call somebody. It, it, as we develop the wisdom and the understanding of God, when something arises, thank God there's a instruction and the revelation, the common sense to be able to say, no, you don't want to go there. No, you don't want to do that. No, you don't want to answer that call. No, you don't want to buy that. You don't want to get involved in that right now. It's, it's that common sense to keep us protected. If you become wise, you will become wise for your own benefit. It says in Proverbs 9, uh, verse 12, if you become wise, you will become wise for your own benefit. But if you scoff, you alone will bear it. So it talks there about the benefits and it continues about the benefits of wisdom, knowledge and understanding about getting uh, what's in God's heart into our heart and to arrange our heart to receive more and more and more. And what's interesting in uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse five, uh, you can do a word study on that. I just ask you can go ahead and look at Barclay concordances or some of these other concordances. Everything it talks about. This is progressive. And so let me just end with this. This is the last word anyway that I want to get to in one session. Revelation, common sense, instruction, wisdom is all progressive. And this is what it, how it explains it and breaks it down in the Hebrew. A little newborn baby is dependent upon its mother's breath, breast until the baby realizes that it's not the breast, but the breast is connected to the mother. So he turns his attention from the breast to the mother. And then over another series of time, he understands that his mother is dependent upon the father. So the child turns from the breast to the mother, from the mother to the father. And by putting his attention upon the father, he starts seeing that his father depends upon his skills and and his know-how and his muscles and his understanding and his hunting ability. So the son starts seeing that I've grown from the ability of, of, of the breast to my mother to my father. Now I see what makes my father work is the skill, the wisdom, the knowledge and the strength that my father has. So then he says, I have to develop skill and wisdom, knowledge and understanding so that I can learn to not only be uh, sufficient but self-sufficient upon the things that God has given me. And so all of these are just open windows. And what Solomon is trying to communicate in just these seven words, but over and over again in Proverbs and what God is trying to communicate that, that we, we won't get to the walking dream overnight. That, that we will not just realize that God has given us wisdom and get out of the situation or the mess we got ourselves into or why am I am where I am. We won't get ourselves maybe even out of areas of habit or temptation right away. But as we grow to see in Revelation that this gives birth to a deeper revelation that I can depend on this and not only depend on that. And I grow from depending on this to depending on this and depending on that. I see a revelation to depend more on that till we get to the point where we are so dependent upon God, which is the fear of the Lord. That I'm no longer dependent on myself because that's where Solomon messed up. I've learned what makes every successful Woman and man successful is not the dependency on their selves or their education or their knowledge or their wisdom, but is that they are dependent upon God. And when we can grow through all those points to where we are dependent upon God, God, I don't know, but you know. Lord, I've counted the stars. You changed my name. It's been 15 years and Sarah's the same. There's a poem. Write that down. I'm going to send that in and win me an award. Old woman ain't pregnant yet. 20 years, she still ain't pregnant yet. 
But he got to the point where it says in Romans chapter 4, he totally was determined to believe that what God promised, God was able to do. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And Sarah got pregnant at almost a 100 years old. And Abraham had a few more wives and a few more children past a 100. God quickens and makes alive. So let's depend upon God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Oh, 